0: And it's another episode with the Blues four to nothing loss. These are getting kinda of old. The four to nothing loss to the Jets, and now the four to nothing loss to the Predators. A lot of people are hoping the Blues will solve this through the trade deadline and get something that's at least gonna help them to get to the playoffs. Cause guys, this team may not make the playoffs. As I said in my previous podcast, they may have to win. 13 out of the remaining games to get in the playoffs. I don't think this team can do that. I just don't. So will the Blues be buyers or sellers in the trade deadline? I'm not sure. I think that's a possibility that there could be a player that, I think it's a possibility there could be a player or two that we get that maybe we're not thinking of. That could be a player or two that we let go that we're not thinking of at this time. This is one of the few trade deadlines where I can honestly say you just don't know what the Blues are going to do. Times in the past, you thought, yeah, they're going to stay in Pat. When Backus was here, I didn't think they were going to be able to trade him. Uh, I didn't think they'd be able to get enough in return. I was hoping they would. Look where it got us. It got us through that playoff run. We couldn't have gotten to the Western Conference Finals that year without David Backus, and I thank him for that. This is just a strange trade deadline. People want Hoffman. People want Pacioretty. People want the Blues to do something. But I'm not sure if just by doing something, this is going to get this team into the playoffs. I, I I personally don't think so. So if it was up to me and you were going after a Pacioretty or a Hoffman, it is my understanding that one of those teams, and I guess I'll come out and say it, that Montreal was wanting two top prospects to begin with, a number one and an existing player or two. For Patcharetti, and if that's the case, I certainly hope the Blues don't do it. Patcharetti's a good player, but he's not worth two number one prospects, a high draft prospect, and an existing player. He's just not. Would it be nice if the Blues could get rid of some of their bad contracts, in Berglund and Sabotka? But who's going to take him? Uh, today on Twitter, people were saying, "Oh, everybody's always looking for a player like Sabotka." He's a player that can do a lot. He sees a spark, so on and so forth. Well, if he's a player that can do a lot and he's a spark, why hasn't he sparked the Blues and why hasn't he done a lot for the Blues? I've said it time and time again when Sabotka was still over in Russia and all these people were just clamoring to have him back. It's what the Blues missed. If the guy's so good, why didn't a team trade to get his rights when the Blues just had his rights before he came back from the KHL? It's because Sabotka wasn't that good, and I think we're all seeing that now. Well, enough of that. We'll see what the trade deadline has to do uh, tomorrow. Let's go ahead and get into the low lights of the game. The Predators just dominated this game. There's a couple minutes now and again where the Blues put pressure on Nashville, but it was few and far between. And when they did, Pekka Rene, the goalie that he is, last couple seasons he's really stepped up. He's played well. He's always been a good goalie. A lot of people thought he was done three, four years ago. But he's just a good, solid goalie. And he made the few tough saves that he really had to make against the Blues.
2: <laughs> well, not to be guys in the old Flamingo anymore, Doc. If you lift that one leg in the old Flamingo, you'd be on the bench pretty quick. <laughs> Here's Thompson bringing it
3: off. What a shot and a save made by Rene.
2: So crucial, especially playing here at Bridgestone
3: Arena. The atmosphere is so electric. It's almost like the sixth man for this National Predators team. Here's Tarasenko breaking in.
0: So, Pekka Rene does his job. He shuts down the Blues. Blues had some shots, but I'm going to tell you guys, a lot of them were right on him. He did make the saves he needed to. There were a few tricky ones, and those were just an example. One from Tage Thompson in the first, and uh, one from Tarasenko in the third. But for the most part, the Blues put shots on that really weren't great opportunities. They just weren't. With that being said, Nashville outshot the Blues. 16 to 9 in the first period and had some really great opportunities and from those opportunities they put two pucks past Jake Allen and took a two to nothing lead on goals by Colton Sissons and Kevin Fiala
2: because they're able to get the puck off their stick very quickly and shoot those pucks accurately on that
3: I is his tourist gifts to Sissons he scores
2: Nashville comes to the neutral zone with a lot of speed look at kyle turris there slows the play up just enough gets the st louis blues defense to back up you back up that far you got colton Sisson coming down with speed down the wing and jake allen can't get across and cut off that short side goes in over his top corner there panger
3: that is a great pass by kyle turris who's also a good shooter and that's what makes him done and nudged it back schwartz laid it along Rangelo had it stolen away though, brought back on by Smith, rifled out to center, might be a two-on-one the other way, hustling back is Shen, taken on now, shot, SCORE! Whoa!
2: Let's go back to Jaden schwartzer the initial opportunity Pacarine makes a save he's in good position there for the second shot opportunity ken is going down the ice but the key right there is roman yossi getting on his horse jumping up off of his defensive position there applies pressure to the st louis blues they, they're forced to make a decision there and ken fiala does the rest shooting that right in the elbow with the crossbar and the post meet.
0: a really bad defensive game for the blues i don't care what anybody says just a bad defensive game. Too many mistakes. And Jake Allen was not at his best, but you've got to give your goaltender support. As I've said before, these people that trash Jake after the 4-0 loss to the Jets. If you had allowed one goal, you still would have lost. If you had allowed two goals, you still would have lost. Same thing in this game. Colton Sissons on that first goal of the game, it was a power play goal, gets his seventh goal of the year. Turris, who came over from Ottawa, Gets his 24th assist. Roman Yossi, one of the best offensive defensemen in the league, gets his 29th assist. Four minutes, 45 seconds in. One to nothing, Nashville. Then about 10 minutes later, Kevin Fiala gets that second goal, his 20th of the year. Smith gets his 19th assist. Going out of the first, the Blues are down two to nothing. Now, I didn't have a lot of confidence the Blues would come back based on their history this year and also based on the way they've been playing recently. I don't know if you guys realize this. This team has only come back from a two-goal deficit. Hold on. Wait. Hold on for this. One time this year. So all the people that say the Blues played great and now are just playing bad recently. No. The Blues only played great in in the months of October and November. This team has not done well for probably since the 10th of December. Really bad. Going into the second as I said, I don't think a lot of us were expecting much. We just weren't. What has this team shown us to expect anything when they're behind like this? They've shown no heart, uh, no sense of urgency, nothing like that. Nashville outshot the blues again in the second period, 10 to 8, and would have some great opportunities. This game after the second period could have been six to nothing, seven to nothing very easily. So even though Jake did give up two goals in the second to Scott Hartnow and Austin Watson, it could have been much worse, and they could have been down by even more. Hey, they're lucky to get out of the second period down just four to nothing. Doesn't that sound bad when you say it, lucky, to get out of the second period down four to nothing?
3: Along it is taken by Hartnell. Hands on back for Ryan Ellis. Ellis with a shot and a pad stop made by Allen. Center and in front scores!
2: Thing. We're talking about this Nashville D getting pucks through. A lot of traffic in front of Ryan House gets the puck to the net. Kelly jumps on it. But there's Scotty Hartnell there right in front, turning his skate. Puck deflects off his skate right past Jake Allen in front of the net. But, you know, those point shots are so hard to control their panger as Jake Allen fights, trying to find them. He can't control those rebounds.
3: Lobbed ahead by Johansson right up the middle. Locks in. Second power play unit comes onto the ice and a turnover at the blue line results in a little flipper right there. Jake Allen had a situation, should I stay or should I go? He decides to stay back in his net and now he's coming back deep as the players enter in towards him and Watson just filters it right through the body right there. So the Blues have back-to-back power plays, don't score and give up yet another shorthanded goal against the Nashville Predators. That was the turning point in the last game here, February 13, fellas.
0: So the Blues go down 4 to nothing on these two goals. The first one would be Hartnell's 11th of the year. Uh, Yarncroft gets his 16th assist. Ellis gets his 11th assist. That was at one minute, 20 seconds in to the second period. 3 to nothing at that point. Austin Watson, who's been a Blues killer this year, gets his 8th goal. Johansson gets his 30-second assist. 13 minutes, 24 seconds into the second. Shorthanded goal. Just a huge, huge backbreaker. but. Even though that was a backbreaker, there had been some vertebrae broken before that. But that one really was a backbreaker, giving up that short-handed goal. Just a terrible goal to give up. And the Blues go down 4 to nothing heading into the third. There would be no offense of really much to say from the Blues in the third. Yeah, they had 10 shots. Nashville had 13. But Nashville was shutting it down at that point. Yeah, they were trying a little bit. But they were also kind of in a defend mode. There's no way the Blues were going to get much going against them and they didn't, and the Blues lose this one four to nothing. Let's get into the stats of the game. Shots on goal, 39 for Nashville, 27 for the Blues. Faceoffs, pretty even, 51% for the Blues, 49% for Nashville. Power play continues to just make this team not good at all, and I've said it all season, even when they were winning and the power play wasn't great, they've got to get the power play going, they've got to get the power play going, and people, oh, well, they're winning, it doesn't matter. Well, it started to matter a few months back, and in a few close games, it really cost them. It really, really did. This team may be six, eight points better than they are now. It could make them a little bit easier to get into the playoffs if they had had a better power play this year, but they just haven't. 0 for 5. Nashville was 1 for 2. Penalty minutes, the Blues 4. Nashville had 10. Hits 26 for the Blues, 19 for Nashville. Blocks. 14-11 to 11 in the Blues' favor. Giveaways, 13-11 to 11 in the Blues' favor. Nashville gave up the puck a few more times, but doesn't matter when you can't score. Let's go ahead and get into the post-game interviews where we're going to hear from Brodziak, Stasny, and of course Coach Mike on this loss. And listen to Kyle Brodziak. This guy is one of the most honest people when it comes to post-game interviews. He doesn't Hold back any punches. He doesn't try to say, Oh, we're a talented team. We're a good team. We're just not playing well. He lets you know what's going on. He really does. And uh, some people get upset with him about it. I think even Coach Mike is upset at him about it. Just ridiculous. A player should be able to speak his mind when a team's not playing well because somebody needs to. Alex Petrangelo's not doing it. He was trying to say in a previous postgame interview a couple games back that that you know that the team was uh, softer something along the fragile something along those lines and he wouldn't say it he stopped himself before he said it and that really disappointed me but anyway let's go ahead and get into this post-game uh interview section here
4: i don't i don't know i think we're uh you know obviously pretty frustrated pretty frustrated group right now um having trouble scoring goals um yeah it's uh it's tough we gotta we gotta find a way um and whatever it is we need to do talk about it work on work on things uh we got to find a way to be better
3: do you feel like it's crept into your defensive game as well some of this, you know some of the issues you've been having on offense uh you know, yeah
4: i don't i don't know i think uh a lot of times we're maybe a little too in between um you know trying to be aggressive uh being over aggressive uh at, you know at the wrong times um yeah it's uh you know, when you when you're losing a bunch of games in a row, that uh, sometimes happens. Where um, you, you know, you know, you're not you're not too sure uh, you know what's going on, and you, you start pressing. But uh, yeah, we just gotta you know as uh, as a group, we gotta figure it out. Uh, some somehow we gotta start scoring some goals and giving our goalie some help, and uh, you know at the same time playing playing smarter, so we're not giving up uh, the chances that we give up tonight
3: where there's a confidence issue too maybe confidence lacking
4: Uh, yeah I'm sure that you know that plays a factor you you can see I think we're the chances we're getting we're not uh, not quite decisive enough in in what we want to do and um, you know probably probably confidence is is hurting a little bit when we go through stretches we're not scoring goals and uh, yeah it just feels like we're uh, you know we're not uh we're not being decisive enough with our with our chances of what we need to do with it is there
3: anything specific you can pinpoint to how to just help snap out break out of what's going on or is, there, uh, is it a combination of things that
4: need to be done? yeah well i'm sure it's it's a combination of things but i think it's just uh you know a mindset from you know from here on out we got to throw everything on the table um you know whether you know whether whether that that uh, you know that counteracts what we're trying to do, I don't know. We we got to find we got to do something that's uh, um, you know something that to to find some kind of spark and some kind of some kind of light here. And uh, you know if maybe if we we come out and say we're going to throw everything at them and uh, you know see what happens, maybe that'll maybe that'll spark something and we can build off that.
5: Lost words, you know, but like I said before, I think we got to tune the guys in here. Got to find a way to, to dig out of it, and then you know that starts with us top guys you know leaders all the way down and then you know if we're not going to score goals we're never going to give ourselves a chance to win so um you know whether it's four nothing one game or five one another game it doesn't matter i think you know it feels like when we get down one and all of a sudden uh we tend to sit back on our heels a little bit and uh, in a building like this you know that's that's the worst thing you can do
0: well in time, time like this a lot of guys are saying the same things and i understand that but uh Brodzak just said that we're not really sure what to do like how to get out of it I mean do you feel
3: like helpless a little
5: bit um I'm not helpless I think uh y- you know in times like this I think it's it's when you need everyone on the same page and I think that can, it can be tough sometimes I think sometimes you're trying to do more sometimes you're trying to do too much for the other guy but uh like I said there's times there when when we're forward, when we're not thinking we're being aggressive where we're, we're you know, even if they have the puck, we've got two guys going to both their D and they flip it out and we jump on them, you know, we we get the puck right back and that's when we're good. I think when we're on our heels, we have one guy going, kind of three, four guys in back and then that's when their D men jump in and you know, when they had a lot of their chances, it seemed like they were coming three on two, four on three where once you're on our heels and you're really defending, that's that's what you can't do. So um, it's you know, I don't it's always easier said than done, you know, but I think it, it's really you know, doing what you got to do, and, and kind of relying on the guy next to you to do his job too. And um, instead of kind of overthinking it, you know, and that's what that tends to happen sometimes.
3: Well, you guys have been so good from the defensive standpoint all year long. Do you feel like some of these issues has crept into your defensive play here recently too, in the, in the breakdowns
1: you've had?
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, same thing. I think it's it's like I said, it's more about being on our heels there. Whether it's, it's the first goal, you know, odd man rush. Uh, I wouldn't even say their goals, a lot of their chances are, seem to become, you know, we're giving up a lot off the rush and, you know, I think when we're on our game, we usually don't do that. You know, they're obviously going to give up chances, which is fine. You know, our goalie will make the save and just don't give up that second or third chance. But the ones that are off the rush are the ones when, when you watch our game, I think that's when we're, we're not in sync, we're in sync. Um, we don't give up much in the and We're kind of hungry on the puck and, and you know, we, we take time, time and space away from them when they have the puck. And, like I said, that's a, that's a fact of all five kind five guys kind of playing aggressive and and almost not thinking what the score is and not thinking that we haven't scored in a while, not thinking that you know we're we're struggling right now.
3: You, you guys played with such a swagger earlier in the season.
5: Has it reached a
3: point where maybe some confidence is lacking among the group, or
5: I'm um, I mean, probably. I mean that just that's just you know when you're winning, you know, and you're playing well, you have confidence. When you're losing and you're finding ways to lose, obviously confidence always goes away a little bit, but. Um, like I said, I think you know we. Same thing, easier said than that. we really got to focus on just, just the small picture. I think just kind of, you know, what the next game is, and and not look at the big picture, not look, not worry about what's going on with the other teams, not worry about other scores, and you know, really about putting a kind of cohesive 60 minutes together.
3: Is the team still together? Is the
5: body still good? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I just think, like I said, I think, you know, when you. When you're playing a hostile building like this or anywhere and and you get down and and i said like you said when you're struggling it tends to get quiet on each other and that's i think that's when we get in trouble and when you get quiet on each other then then all of a sudden you know one guy's not as confident going for the puck not knowing who's behind him i think when we're when we're talking to each other when we're aggressive then you know you just kind of read what the other guy's doing you don't really think you know and so i think that's one problem you know on the ice and even our bench kind of screaming at the wingers or d-men on the ice to give them a heads up and uh just you know, it's, it's, it's hard to keep, stay up, but you have to. you got to find ways to do it. Well,
3: yeah, um, it does, but we're going to have to figure it out. That's for sure. Cal yeah, Brozyak said that he wasn't sure, that some of the, he thought maybe some of the players weren't sure how to get out of it, what to do here. Well, that, we'll, we'll have to help him with that. The, the only, I mean, nobody's, we can't sit around and hope that uh, something magical is going to happen. We're going to, we put ourselves in a hole and we gotta, we got to get ourselves out of it right now. And um, it's pretty pretty simple. The the way to do that is um, number one: as as coaches, we'll look to see what we can do adjustment-wise, make any any changes that we need to make. Um, But uh, but ultimately, it's going to come down to work. That's the that's the only way.
0: Obviously, you guys pride yourself on pointing them in the right direction. What do you make
3: of Kyle saying something like that? That we just don't know what to do. Well, I I I think that we're all in the same boat here. I mean, we you know we had success doing things a certain way and uh and we're having a tough time finding a way to do those things right now and so like i said we'll have to look at it from all angles right now you oh, when
2: you are losing games it doesn't help your confidence but where do you rate the confidence of this team right now or well, the togetherness of
3: yeah, i at? i know that the togetherness is high I, i'm not worried about that um the confidence obviously is the issue i mean the mistakes that you're seeing are between the years mm-hmm. Um, the lack of scoring is is obviously uh, a big issue and you're pressing then you miss missing nets and then uh, You know and when you're pressing and you're you know, you're doing things that that, that are creating turnovers or creating chances against uh, You know, I would say that that's the biggest issue right there Mike are you, are you just continuing to see guys just trying to be too complex out there instead of just simplifying the game? Yeah, well, I mean the comp that the, the complexity is in, our, in between our ears right now. Like, everything's thinking, everything's, uh, there's two or three things that are going through our head before we make the first play, and, uh, and so we have to find a way to simplify here. That's, that's, that's uh, for a long time, that's, that's been the way that you get out of things like this.
0: For weeks you guys have said the efforts there it's not that guys aren't trying
3: but sometimes you look and you watch and it doesn't look like it sometimes well, I, think, I think what you see sometimes and what we have to make sure we guard against is is you know the first thing doesn't work and then the frustration creeps in and you start saying oh you know here you go so um, like that's why I said the work ethic is that's that has to be first and foremost all game long um, that's the one thing that is in our control right now that we have to make sure that that it's at its highest level
4: could you, I mean, use
3: like just simply more resiliency. Boy, it just seems when that other team scores first, you can almost even from the press box see see the team sag a little. Yeah, I would I would say that that's a that's a big factor. I mean, we, it's been it's been how long since the other team scored first, and we've found a way to battle back in in games. So you know, unfortunately, things aren't going to always go the way that you want. You have to find a way to get yourself out of it. I know you don't make excuses, but you, it looks like you're 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 obviously missing Edmondson and Bortuzzo a little bit. Yeah, there's no question. I think those guys are a big part of our identity, um, you know, as far as being a team that's hard to play against and in the, the defensive part of our game. But uh, but again, I, I still believe that we have uh, personnel that can get the job done.
0: What do you guys think of the post-game interviews? Be honest with me. Let me know at Lance D at droppodcast.com. Talk to me at, on Twitter at officialthedrop. This is just a team that is not in touch with the coaches, apparently. Kyle Brodziak says sometimes they don't know what's going on. And Coach Mike, and you can take it as you want to, but it was a little bit of a smart-ass comment when he said, well, we're going to have t- to show them ab- about that or talk to them about that. He wasn't happy that Brodziak made that statement. People out there are going to say, no, don't take that out of context. No, you could tell by the tone and his body language if you watch the post-game interviews. He's a little shocked that Brodziak said that, and he didn't like the fact that Brodziak said that. I love the fact that Brodziak said that because he's being honest. Our captain Alex Petrangelo won't say that. You know, I think Alex in some ways is probably a very good captain. I think in other ways is not a very good captain. He needs to maybe step up and take more responsibility for the team. He doesn't seem to be doing that. I think the coaching staff needs to take a serious look in the mirror when they still say it's not about talent and effort. Guys, this is getting old. Uh, Talented teams don't lose six, seven games in a row, five, six games in a row. They don't do that. Look at Nashville. Look at, look at the talent they have. I'm not a big Nashville fan. I'm not, I think they can be a dirty team, but Hey, you know what? This team's got good players. And if I'm not mistaken, they've not lost more than two games in a row this year. That's what talented teams do. They may lose two games. In fact, you know what? They may lose three. But you're not going to see a talented team lose six games in a row, especially in the fashion the Blues have done it. Earlier in the year, there was a spot four or five games uh, right before the break when the Blues had the week off. Uh, They played Toronto when they came back. Toronto had played four or five games when they went one and five, but in a couple of those games were shootouts and a couple and one of those games was an overtime loss. So they played decent and good in those games. They just lost them, but they still didn't get wins. The blues aren't playing that way. I think most fans, if the blues would have played a good game, played all out, given max effort and played the game they needed to cut down on mistakes and lost two to one, three to two, one to nothing, four to three, so on and so forth. I think most fans, yeah, they'd be upset, but they wouldn't be so down on this team the way they are. It's not just the six-game losing streak. It's the fashion in which they're being dominated. It's the fashion in which this team in those six games does not look like they should even be on the ice for an NHL game. This team for those six games that looks like these guys don't want to play together. This team for six games that looks like they don't know what's going on this team for six games where the coaches are trying to tell you that it's not all about talent and effort. Well, you know what? I've seen some teams that aren't great teams, such as the Arizona Coyotes. They've got some young talent. They've got some spots that they need to improve on. They're not a great team. But if you've noticed, when that young talent plays the perfect game, when that young talent uses their talent and their skills, and they play with heart, they can beat people. They can. This team just can't beat people right now. They can't. And I don't know what you do, but I'm going to tell you right now, the coaching staff needs to take responsibility for this. And Coach Mike is not doing that. He's not. He's making excuses, saying that the team is talented, so on and so forth. He you know, he, he, he doesn't know what's going on. He, he said that. When you're at that point, the GM and the owner of the team really need to look at the coaching situation. They, they really do. This is eerily similar to the time when he was in Minnesota when Coach Mike was. And like I said, I'm not blaming him totally, but he needs to take responsibility for it as a coach. The players in Minnesota, they they were just lost. They didn't want to listen to him anymore. They were done. But it took three years. And I brought this up on Twitter. Is it possible he's lost him? I didn't say he had. I just asked a question. Is it possible Mike O has already lost his team? People jumped all over me. Well, he hasn't been given the pieces. He hasn't this. He hasn't that. If I know enough about Mike O and his past, especially when he was with Minnesota, he is not going to sign a contract with the team to first of all be their backup coach in Ken Hitchcock's last year to where he was going to be the coach next year and not have a very good say-so on what goes on. People are saying, well, they're not his players. He didn't approve the signing of Steen. He didn't approve the signing of Berglund. He didn't approve bringing back Soboka. I don't agree with that. I, I just don't. Does Doug Armstrong have the final say? Yeah. But according to everybody, Armstrong and Coach Mike get along very well. That's why he was hired to come in and be the assistant head coach behind Ken Hitchcock before he was supposed to take over in a different time frame, So for those people out there trying to say that, no, it's the players all, no, the players do have to execute. That is true. But the coaches have to put them in a system and have to have the right players within that system to execute their plan. And it's apparent none of that's happening with this team. So where do we go from here? Do the blues make a trade by the trade deadline tomorrow? Do they mortgage the future? and give up a top prospect, a couple draft picks, or two top prospects, a draft pick, an existing player, two existing players, a draft pick, and a top prospect to get a Mike Hoffman or a Max Pacioretty, I don't think they should. Because I don't think it really puts the team in that much of a better light. If you're looking to maybe just make the playoffs, then I would understand it. And looking to have a player for maybe, you know, this the rest of this year, next year and at least up until the trading deadline next year when you could move a player like a Hoffman or already or maybe for next year's playoffs. If that's what they're looking at, then go ahead and do it. But if you're looking at making a trade to to make the team a Stanley Cup contender, that's not happening. That's not happening. It's just not. You could put Connor McDavid on this team. And if the players don't play good around him, they're not a Stanley Cup contender. Look at the Oilers. Look at the so-called talent they have. They're not playing a good enough game. They're not executing the game plan. They've not been consistent. All that young talent wasted. Connor McDavid this year wasted. You could put Wayne Gretzky with a team. Is he going to elevate and make him better? Yeah. But having Wayne Gretzky on a team, is that going to guarantee you a Stanley Cup? No, it's not. So where the blues go from here, I don't know if they can make a trade. They don't have to give too much and then get a player that helps them this year and next year, and maybe helps them get into the playoffs this year. Maybe they can trade in the next trade deadline next year to get something back. I've got no problem with it. Just don't mortgage the future. Please don't. That's all the time we have for this episode. I'll have a special edition tomorrow. I'll have a special edition tomorrow after the trade deadlines over to go over if there's anything that has happened with the blues. And like I said, don't be shocked if there's a player moved or a player gotten that we've not thought of. A lot of people want Berglund and Sabotka be gone, but who's going to want these guys? Who? Who wants these guys? Because if these guys were good, they'd be helping the Blues. You've, you've got to have something to give to a team before you can get rid of that player. You've, you've, that player has to be good. They have to be. Our team's not going to take him, especially with Berglund's contract. Even though it's not a terrible contract, it's not a good contract. Sabotka's contract is terrible. Who's going to take these guys? One guy told me, well, you know, he's a guy that's got sparks on and so forth. No, he doesn't. Nobody wants him. Nobody's going to trade for Berglund or Sobotka. So those of you that are saying that, get it right off your mind. Just just move it right off. That's not going to happen by tomorrow. The Blues are going to have to make some changes at the end of this year. Well, that's enough. I I could go on all, all night. I really could, but that's enough for this episode. Until next time stay safe, stay healthy. Don't pull your hair out if the Blues make a, a bad trade. Don't get too excited if they get a Pacioretty or a Hoffman. Uh, you know, just stay even, keel. Have a good rest of your week, and I've got to end it with Let's Go Blues. <laughs>